Hi, this is Mako, author of Anti-Eva's Border, age player and Mazacast fan. You're listening to the Mazacast, which isn't taped, unlike my diaper. Why not be a good grown-up and donate some of your pocket money to the Mazacast? You can have a cookie if you do. <clears throat> nah. <clears throat> Greetings. Someone recently emailed complaining that I use the same intro every time that I always say the same thing, so I'm going to mix it up. Guten Tag. Welcome to a Massacast episode number... Um, announcements? Do I have announcements? Do I have announcements? I don't really have announcements. Ooh, I'm very excited about this. Someone actually... I, I'm as surprised as you are. Left the voicemail. You can too at 917-720-7304. Let's let's listen. Let's go to the voicemail. This is excited. Are you excited? I'm excited. This is really good. Hi, Axe. This is Raven from the Freedom of Fetish podcast, and I have a question for you, not your guest. I was wondering what you do for a living, and I know that you might not be able to talk about that, but if you if you can, I'm interested, just out of curiosity. And, you know, if you are employed by someone other than yourself, does your employer know about it? And if so, what does he or she think? Just curious, so let me know and keep up the great work. I love the podcast. Bye-bye. Yeah, actually, Raven's got a really great podcast you can find it on itunes you cannot like there's a link also on the massacast website um to answer your question no i actually what do i do for a living i i do things with computers i strike at the keys i strike at them and uh hopefully they you know, the computer responds accordingly that's uh i actually have two jobs that's my day job i also have a sort of a freelance job uh i have a feeling you might be asking because you uh, might be dealing with something similar. I don't know. It's uh, it's a tough call. Would I quit this if my employer told me to? In a heartbeat, unfortunately. If all of a sudden the Mastercast website goes dark, you know you know why. Today, I'm going to talk to uh, my friend Wendy Blackheart, who I've known for a while, uh, but uh, and I've wanted to get her on, but you know I've got a, a long queue. I've got I'm a busy guy. What can what can I say? So I sat down with Wendy and. Uh, it was funny because she had never heard any of the episodes of the Mastercast, and so I had a bit of fun uh, with that as well. Uh, first of all, Wendy Blackheart, thank you for doing the Mastercast. Oh, we're on now? Hi. Yes. Yeah, you're, um, you're the first interview on the Great Leather Couch. Oh, no one ever wanted to sit on the couch before? And this is the first time we've had someone uh, here to do to sit on the leather couch. We have, this oh. is a new couch. Well, I'll try not to spill tea on it. We actually, uh, we were at an event, and you came up to me and said, I would love to do your podcast. I did? Yes, you did that. Which event was that? This was at Pleasure Salon. I don't know. I actually, when she said, how come you haven't asked me yet? Oh, I think that's what it is. Because yeah. I'm very like, why don't people ask me to do things? I want to talk about things. I have opinions. But the, the funny I'll part take is, my is clothes off you, really wanted to, you really wanted to do <laughs> a, a podcast for a podcast you haven't listened to yet. Yes, I don't listen to podcasts. So this is really funny. I don't know. I'm going to have to listen to this, he says. because Axe says, I have to listen to this because I have to okay it. And you have to, you, you at least have to, to listen to the draft of your own. Yeah, I, so I'm going to have to listen to myself, which is weird enough. It usually starts by asking the question, how did you get started in kink? How did you first realize you were kinky? And yes, it's usually a long answer. It is usually a long answer. I kind of always knew. I mean, when I was 16, I tied up my boyfriend with 
silk scarves. And I always used to joke that it was a good thing he was blindfolded the first time I saw his penis, because it would have been really bad if he saw me laughing so hard. Not at his penis, but just I had never seen one in person yet, and they're really kind of disturbing looking. Couldn't he if hear you, you ne- laughing? No, because I, I can laugh quietly when I, I used to be able, before I was ridiculously loud. Did you tell him later that you laughed at his penis? Um, not until like ten years later. <laughs> do you still laugh at penises? No, now I do not laugh at penises. Now I'm a big fan of penises. <laughs> I try not to laugh at them. I laugh at what I do to them. Okay. But I mean, I kind of always knew... And it was funny because now, now I'm friends with so many people I used to read about. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if, if Dove hears this, he's going to laugh at me for telling this story again. But I used to read, like, Dove's writings and Boy Meets and Lolita's when I was, like, 15, 16 years old. Well, for those people who don't know, you have a very popular blog. Oh, yes, heartfullofblack.com. Right. Um, and, you know, I write on that. But I used to read these other people's blogs before there were blogs. Mm-hmm. And now I've gotten to meet them and go, oh my god, and and I've seen Dove's balls. Not personally, in person, like he showed them to me, he took them out in a place that I was at, the Test Fest 2008 Celebrity Auction, was it 2008 or 2009? So it was a Celebrity 2009 Auction. 2009 Celebrity Auction, Dove took out his balls and I could see them in the back of the room. But I mean, like, things like that. Like, I knew then, and I would read all this stuff, and I'd read all, like, I read Tristan Taramino's books when I was 15, 16, I read her column, and now I, like, have talked to her, and and she's, like, knows my name, mm-hmm. and that's so cool. Well, how did you get into the, how did you go from knowing that you're always kinky to... to- Acting kinky? To acting kinky and being part of the community. Um, it was a weird evolution. It started with um, probably my boyfriend, Franklin. Before that, my ex and I, my other ex and I had played and done some stuff. And we were kind of like kinky in the bedroom. And then Franklin and I started going to test meetings now and then. Tess is um, the Eulenspiegel the the Society, society. Which is the... The big, we, I have to say this every time when someone mentions test because most people who listen aren't actually in New York. It's, it's, a big, it's, it's like a big, uh, it's an organization for kinky people in New York City. Well, we went to a couple meetings and we went to paddles a couple times, which is interesting when you're young and new and don't know anybody. It can be a little scary. It's paddles. Um, and it was interesting because when I entered the scene, I thought I was a bottom. I thought I was submissive, and I thought that was it, and I'm very submissive, and this is obviously... Except half the time, I was like, you're not hitting me right! Let me do it! <laughs> and after Franklin and I broke up, uh, another friend of mine, my friend Lily, who was sleeping with my roommate, who also was my ex, decided that the best way for me to get over... Um, Franklin was to sleep with as many men as possible. And she was right. It worked. And I started going to sex parties. Mm-hmm. And I was... I kind of came into kink through the back door that way. Because, like, I had been out of it for a while. It kind of fell out of Franklin and I's relationship. You know? Because kink is just one aspect of any relationship. The sex went bad, but everything else had started to go bad first. So, you know, I'm at these parties and I got to meet a lot of other kinky people at them. One of them, one of the people I met there was Vivian uh, of the sexcarnival.com. Mm-hmm. And she kept saying, you have to come to camp. You have to come to camp. You have to come to camp. And uh, Dark Odyssey Sex Camp, which is held in September in, uh, in this wonderful campground they have. 
And so I managed to scrape the money together and I went to camp and it was like, And by then I had started a sex blog where I was writing about all the crazy sex that I was having, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't very kinky except for the butt stuff. So I wasn't really writing that or exploring that. And then after I went to camp, that started sort of coming in more. I started getting back into test meetings. I went to a couple LSM meetings. That's the Lesbian Sex Mafia in New York. Um, So I got in again, like through this back door and started playing around more and doing more kinky things. And then for a variety of reasons, I, um, I was sort of realizing being on the bottom wasn't for me. It wasn't working out right. And I was also assaulted by the top and the host of the party I was at. So I was kind of very hesitant to do anything else again. So I kind of stopped bottoming. I didn't play for a couple months actually after that, didn't do anything. And then, um, I kind of realized, oh no, this beating guys up thing, this is working for me now. Mm-hmm. The, the first time I took a boy home and beat the crap out of him was awesome. And I was like, oh, this makes so much more sense now. I was doing it wrong. And um, since then, I've been writing about the kinky stuff. I've been exploring more of that. I'm in uh, a long-term DS relationship now with my boyfriend, Anon. Mm-hmm. Um, I write the blog... And uh, I'm actually going to be presenting at two events this year. I'll be presenting at Brimstone in New Jersey at the end of April, which is a very small event. They're maxing it out at 400 people. That's it. Mm -hmm. And I'll be presenting at The Floating World. And I'll be talking about mostly ass at both of those things. (laughs) You mentioned that first boy that you took home with you. Yes. And that you beat. Mm -hmm. What was that experience like? Well, first off, when you were taking him home, did you know, okay, I'm taking him home to top him? Did you know that was what you were going to do? Well, I realized I was going to take him home for something when I realized that he had read and enjoyed John Wyndham's Day of the Triffids, which is my favorite book ever. And I was like, oh my God, he knows this book. All right, I'm going to have sex with him now. <laughs> and then, um, because I make decisions like that. What, what, first off, what's the book about? <laughs> the Day of the Triffids is... A po- it's it's like a, a they call it a cozy catastrophe sometimes because it's very British and it's very set up to be very kind of easy to manage. Mm-hmm. Basically, man eating plants or carnivorous plants take over the world after an accident where everybody in the world except for a few people have gone blind, and so then there it takes place in England. So they're fighting the plants. They're going, oh well, I'm going to have to stock up on cigarettes and triffid guns and go fight these, and we're just going to go to the Isle of Wight and rebuild society. It's just what we're going to have to do. It's very, very dry. Wyndham also wrote the book that um, The Village of the Damned was based on. He's, so, uh, so it's nonfiction. It's, it's, uh, it's nonfiction. <laughs> it's and, historical. <laughs> it's, it's historical, yeah. That's actually why England is so uptight. Yes. And I'm sorry to any of my English readers. It's the triffids. It's not uh, you guys. Yeah, um, so, so he said uh, he's a fan of the triffids. And you said... And, and we had also been talking about sex, obviously. And we had, he, had, we, he was actually someone I met through my blog, too. It was the first, second person I ever took home from my blog. Um, by the way, this worked because he wrote a polite, well-written email and didn't include a picture of his penis. Which, you'd be surprised at how many penis shots you get. I mean, you don't because you've got a boy blog, so they're not sending you their junk. I've, I've had guys send me their junk pictures before. Really? I know, it's ridiculous. Okay, I mean, that makes no sense, because you very much say that you're into women. It, I sent it into spam, uh, but, but, you know, 
what I should have done is replied and said, listen, ass face, you just, just, just confirmed to me how much I love vaginas. <laughs> yeah, it almost worked like that for me, too, except yeah. I don't love the vaginas. Right. But, uh, <laughs> so, so you decide you're going to take him home, but so, you don't but know we, what for at that Well, point? I kind of, because we've been talking about sex, and he mentioned that he liked, like, I knew he was a bottom, and he liked pain, and I had always, I'd been a little more curious about that side of things. And then, for whatever reason, as I left to go to the bathroom, I just kind of grabbed his hair by the back of the head, by the back of the, you know, the hair at the back of his head pulled, mm-hmm. and he made that little fun, whimpery moan that boys make when they like that. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to beat the shit out of him. And um, it was really funny because we didn't actually sleep that night. And he had to do that thing where he goes to work the next day in the same outfit. Because this is like a Thursday night date. Because mm-hmm. that's usually my fail safe for like, fuck, what if this sucks? I have work tomorrow. I have to go. Of course. Along with the fake test messages. And um, and uh, and it, it was fun. Um, didn't really keep him around because he kind of sucked. But... Got back into the topping, and it's sort of been the like it feels like the right path. It's it's it makes sense to me. It's sort of the way I naturally am by default. Was that your first real topping experience in that situation? I mean, I mean, um, outside of maybe just a small scene or something like that. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I had done topping before that. Um, I mean, before that, I had played with girls where I was usually the one acting upon somebody. I mean, mm-hmm. I was sort of always a big fan of fisting. So I was kind of fisting topping a lot of girls. And then there were sort of weird halfway things where when I would play with Sebastian, who I write about him as, you know, the guy who I do all this crazy ass stuff with, at least in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, it was sort of topping. I mean, it was like, I guess you, maybe you can call it service topping. I was doing things the way he wanted, but I was very much enjoying what I was doing. Right. You know, which for us was a lot of anal fisting and verbal humiliation. And he's like, oh, you could spit on me if you want. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> but like, he's throwing it out there. And I'm like, well, maybe, you know. Well, see, that's the interesting <laughs> thing. I'm sure someone listening who maybe has no experience in kink. The, uh, on on the wild scale, fisting is way up there, and spitting is way down there, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everybody has their weird little limits. Sure. For me, it's so funny, because mouth and nose kind of stuff is really, really gross. And this is a girl who used to be in the funeral business. Like, I used to work with dead bodies, but God forbid, I had when I had to clean their mouths, I was like, ah! And when that dead lady threw up on me, it was really, really gross. You told me this story, yeah. And I'm not going to tell any more of, of it. Audience. So if anybody wants to hear it, you can email me. Get my email from Axe. But I'm not going to tell the dead lady throwing up on me story. But well, needless to say, that's gross. There will be a link on, on the podcast, <laughs> on Massacast.com. There will be a link to your blog. And they can and a go little directly note that there. Says for, I don't know if I want to be the middleman. I don't know if I, I want to be the middleman for a vomiting <laughs> But I mean, like... Story. But you know, so anal fisting, uh-huh. oh my god, so great. But like spitting on somebody, I don't, I can't even deal if you hock a loogie mm-hmm. around me. You you bring the guy home. You start. Can you so walk yeah, us I through mean, the yeah, night? I'll walk you through it because I had topped in the past, but I still identified as like a bottomy switch, you know. And then um, so I brought him home, and so I kind of drag him into my little apartment, and the cat does its thing where it, you know. Oh my god, someone with blue pants and I'm a white cat. Quick, let me rub up against them. Mm. 
And then I brought him into my room, and we kind of did the makey out thing and the hair pulley. And then I always had my own toys. Even as a bottom, I had, like, I like this. Mm-hmm. I like these. Let's use these. So I had them hanging on the wall because that's what you do. Um, you just you ha- For easy access, right next to the night table with the lube and the condoms and the toys. And I think – I don't think I tied him up. I think I put him in one of my dresses because I – No. I don't even really remember what we did that night. Possibly in this vinyl dress that I had, because he liked, you know, being all pretty. And I know I definitely caned him. I caned his feet a little bit. There was some paddling involved. There was, oh, there was a lot of face slapping. And he sucked my dick. I remember. I have video of that somewhere. That I, I won't post, because I still know him, sort of. I'm friends with one of his friends. Mm-hmm. Someday the video editing uh, tools will get so that you will simply be able to say, wherever there's a face, blur that out. And then I'm sure eventually you'll probably... Well, it would be really great if I could just replace his face with, like, Wolverine's face. Is that a big fantasy of your Wolverine sucking your dick? I'd like to beat the holy crap out of Wolverine. Wolverine is like, you can do anything to that guy and he'll heal. So you can pull out those really fucked up fantasies you have of, like, carving someone open and feeding them their own intestines... And you can do it. Oh, that fantasy of mine. That <laughs> well, that fantasy do. of mine. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> like making little pies out of it when they're tied to a tree in a very kind of rapey, ain't no one gonna hear you scream kind of... I think we're gonna have to change the iTunes rating of this podcast from explicit to holy fuck. <laughs> Someone just, they're gonna have to make a new category. Explicit colon... Eating your own entrails. Oh, uh, that's just... I actually inspired a piece of Wolverine fan fiction. Because I'm active in a variety of fan communities. I don't write fan fiction much anymore. But I read a lot of it, and I talk to people, and there's this... Wolverine is always written as the top. Which makes no sense to me, but that's because it's my own fantasy. And there's mm-hmm. one or two authors who write him as this very heavy... Not necessarily submissive, but often masochistic bottom. And I said, oh, you know what would be really hot if someone had made adamantium fist mitts? Like, and I posted a picture of, like, the metal fist mitts that you see. Mm -hmm. But they're adamantium, so the claws can't cut them. So you would just hear the clinking of his claws against the fist mitts while he's, you know, glaring, death glares at you and you're, I don't know, whipping the flesh off his back. I don't, I'm going to stop now. No, no, no. We, we've, we've started to go down a whole new way here. This is, you might this have is, to put this somewhere else. This is nerdy oh, comic iTunes. book BDSM uh, fantasy. This is something I don't think anyone has done. No, they have. They have. Nerdy BDSM. I'm talking about podcasts. Oh, on podcasts. Because there's some really great fucked up shit out there as for fan fiction. There's a really interesting rapey so, fantasy story with Gambit and and Sabretooth. And by rapey, I mean like really rapey, not even like fantasy rapey, but it's hot by P.L. Nunn called The Cabin. So, so. The, what other fictional characters have you had fantasies about playing with? <sighs> well, if we go with the little X-Men area, there's Wolverine and Gambit. Of course. I mean, Gambit, I mean, he's been my boyfriend since I was eight. Oh, what? He doesn't, he doesn't know it. Of course. Um... Maybe TV. How about House? You have a thing for House? House? Uh, well, who doesn't have a thing for House? I don't know. I just know. I just had this conversation the other night, and that, that seems like almost every woman I know has a thing for House, which is great for me because right now I've got a herniated disc and I walk with a limp. <laughs> 
I think House won my heart when he was on that episode of Family Guy. He's like, Dr. House, you're going to need this to help solve this case, and it's the rule book. And he throws it out the window and goes, I don't need that. And then at the very end, you know, House, rude House. <laughs> yes, yeah, I remember that. That episode. I've been told I need to write um, anal violation fan fiction about Sherlock Holmes and Watson. A friend of mine wants me to write this fisting fic, and now that I've seen the movie, which was the gayest thing I've ever seen, they were so obviously up each other's ass in that movie. Like, they didn't even need to edit it out. Um, I might have to write that. So that, I guess, would be fantasizing. And then I'm just trying to think, like, it's kind of weird to pick fictional characters because I don't really... I don't really fantasize much. You know, I'm kind of like... You just gave me, like, a five-minute detailed Wolverine fantasy, and now you just told me, I don't really fantasize well, I don't much fantas- about fictional characters. Well, I don't. Um, <laughs> it's, Sometimes. It's- okay. Actually, I used to read a lot of um, Harry Potter BDSM fan fiction. What? Snape and Lupin, they're adults. It's not like I'm reading about Harry. That's fucked up. He's like 12 for half the books. So Snape and... Oh, yeah. Now it's not weird. <laughs> Snape and Lupin were like hate-fucking their way through Goblet of uh, Portrait... What was it? Prisoner of Azkaban. Portrait of a Lady. It's a wrong book. They were like hate-fucking through that book. And you can't... You can see it. It's like right there. Tonks was such a beard. She just wrote Tonks in because cause she didn't want Snape and Lupin to to be in love and then she killed them all so that nothing could come between any of them because I'm pretty sure that Lupin had Tonks you know using her metamorphomagy abilities to transform into something with a penis because that's what I would do (laughs) for those of you that read Harry Potter we hope you enjoyed that last segment for those of you like me who have not read Harry Potter welcome back to this part (laughs) of the podcast oh sorry I got off onto a rant I won't do a Harry Potter oh that was funny but the Every single time I've run into you at an event, I'll say, hey, well, we'll hug. Hey, how are you? And you'll say, great. And then you'll say something. It'll be fill in the blank. Something about anal play. <laughs> I'm about to go fist that guy. Right. It's like, yeah, I, it's kind of what I, I do. I ran into at Floating World and I said, how are you? You, you said, great. I fisted someone up to my elbow or something like that. Oh, no, I was going to fist someone up right. to their elbow oh, at, oh, excuse me. at Test Fest. Let's talk about how you got introduced to anal play. Get involved. Oh, get involved in the anal play. Well, I always kind of thought it would be fun to do a boy up the butt. Um, I don't know where that came from. It was something I've kind of always wanted to do, but didn't. I mean, I I remember when I was younger, I didn't know what guys did when they had sex. I thought they just poked penises or something, and I didn't know about oral sex or anal sex or anything. I mean, the first time I heard about anal sex was when I was listening to... There used to be this radio show called Loveline. Yeah. I used to listen to that, and they talk about anal sex. I didn't know what it was, so I asked the teacher when we had the write-in sex question, sex questions, and they did not answer that one. Of course. So then I went to the library, and I got a book, which is how I learned a lot of stuff, and uh, figured out what it was, and I said, ew, that's gross. That's so disgusting, and I would never do that. And then I was raised by two lesbians. Not actually, but my... One of my close friends growing up was my friend, my friend Camille. You know, I always say that it's her fault I'm as cool as I am. 
uh, <laughs> well, then my friend and her next girlfriend, who knows who she is if she's listening to this, um, were awesome. They actually gave me my first writing crop, and I sort of started exploring a little bit through them. They had mentioned some butt play that they did, and I got a little more curious. And I had by then, I was very interested in gay men and gay porn. So I got some gay porn, and then I put a fingertip in my own butt and went, hey, this is really kind of cool. Um, and then it kind of took off running from there. And then, you know, I, well, I put something in my ex Daniel's butt. And then it was fun. And then Franklin and I bought a Bend Over Beginner kit from Babeland. It was this crappy little harness and two tiny little dildos. Like, one was, like, my pinky. I was like, really? I put it on and I was like, I felt, like, so inefficient. I was like, I need, I now I know why men are so insecure about their penis because I want a bigger one already and it's not even mine. Yeah. And so I fucked him in the ass and it was cool. And then I was like, I really like fucking guys in the ass. I want to do more of this. And then I didn't really get to because he had some health issues that precluded it mm-hmm. at the time. He was, eh, couldn't do it. And so we stopped fucking in the butt. And, um,. Then at one of the orgies I went to, I was introduced to this boy named Sebastian, and it was essentially, hi, Sebastian, this is Wendy, she likes to do boys in the butt, Wendy, this is Sebastian, he's a boy who likes to get done in the butt, talk amongst yourselves. Mm -hmm. And we both immediately ran off to go get our dicks, Um, and I come over with my biggest one, well, a variety of mine, because he wanted, like, he's like, what, do you have a big one? I was like, yeah, and then he brings over his, which is like... Oh my god, it was like the size and shape of a Coke can, but a little bigger. It was pretty intense. And I strapped that on, and I wound up not even actually fucking him with it, because that night I had the gayest experience of my life. Well, he's... I've got a black latex glove on, this massive dick strapped on, and he's snorting poppers while I've got almost my entire hand in his ass. But that was um, the first time I ever did anything like that, and then... I didn't actually remember his name at the time. I was like, that guy from the party who was really hot, whose name I forgot. And then we, it was sort of a thing where there are a lot of girls who will fuck a guy in the ass because they want them to. Like, yeah, sure, I'll fuck you in the ass. But it seems like they're, like, it seems like a lot of guys can't seem to find one who's like, oh my God, yes, let me put my fist in your asshole. Hang on, let me get the gloves and the Crisco. Um, I don't know why, maybe they're not looking in the right place, because I meet a lot of these women. And so he and I, like, for two years on and off, we weren't dating, we were just fisting partners, and I would basically do awful things to his ass, and then sometimes he'd do things to mine. But towards the end, it was mostly me fisting him. And I sort of learned to fist on him, um, by topping him, because he had been very experienced with his own ass. He had been playing with his butt for years. He had been fisted many times before. Um, I actually punch-fucked him, which is when you... Once I had gotten in there, you know, you pull your hand out and you punch it back in. I don't, ah. <laughs> you just spilled tea while, this, while physically well, describing... While, if, while punch-fucking punch the air. Yeah. And, and looking at the horrified expression on Axe's yeah, face. Yeah. Well, I'm sitting here going, what? Punch fuck? Okay. He requested that. And it was funny because I was really, really nervous about doing that. And I went, I was at um, Winter Fire 2009, and Tristan was teaching a butt class. Tristan Taramino, who's like, like the Pope of ass. Oh my God, she's my idol. 
And I went to her class. It, it was just very funny overall because I had just put my finger in the butt of the demo bottom the night before, which um, he didn't know it was me. <laughs> Long story. But like I was asking a question about it at the end, like, I need Tristan's permission before I could do this because this kind of scares me. And then like two weeks later, I punch fucked him and it was awesome. Um, it was very, very hot and he liked it and I liked it. And, uh, but I really learned anal on him. You know, I think that's, I found that was really the best way to learn because someone can tell you something all they want, but sometimes you need an experienced bottom to walk you through it because he knew his body so well that he could walk me through what was going on. One other thing that's really comes up quite often on your blog and in conversations with you, um, <laughs> but man on man action is also something that's, uh, yes. that comes up on your blog very often. I like boys who kiss boys. I like watching men make out with each other. I like watching men have sex. Mostly because um, gay sex is gay, not gay sex, but gay porn tends to be better, at oh, least for me. How so? For me, it focuses on what I like, which is dudes and butt sex. And <laughs> and a lot of it, like, you don't pick up a, like some porn from Falcon and go, I'm going to sit down and watch this plot. There's no plot. It's just wall-to-wall sex. Yeah. Meanwhile, like with like well, you know, straight porn, porn I'm exactly. like oh, straight porn very rarely has plots anymore. Uh, it still does sometimes, and you're like, oh, there you have to like go through just this. Like the guys in straight porn are just awful. Like I've seen some penis in those movies that were just just awful, and the guys they get are Wait, just, what's an awful penis? I saw one that was like gray on a white guy. It was all weird, and oh, it was just. Awful. And, so you, uh, you you are a big proponent of penis pigmentation therapy. No, I'm just a big proponent of not of getting guys that aren't like completely busted in porno. Okay. I mean these guys, and also their face. They're just like there's very few straight male porn stars that I think are hot because I never like I and and then because there's you, some you, who you, I like just because they're funny. Like there's a couple guys. The guy in the movie Pirates, the main actor, I always forget his name, but he's got the long hair, and he's just funny. And um, if I do watch straight porn, it's usually gonzo-style porn, you know, the kind of stuff that is just wall-to-wall, sex, no plot. And I have, you know, the things I'm interested in. But then you get to gay porn, and they have really hot guys all the time. Like, it's, you like pretty boys. I like pretty boys. So yeah. like, I tend to wind up watching a lot of muscly guys stuff, but I like pretty boys. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I see a lot of things with twinks and I like that. And then I think the site that you're thinking of, you were talking about forced buy before when we were off air. Yeah. I don't like it for the forced buy ass. Can I mention the name of the site? Is that okay? Yeah, I'll edit it out. But we can manage, can... Okay, then I won't bother mentioning okay. it. But you can, if you go to my website, you can see what I'm talking about. And it's it's very much... Um, not the, the, not the, the premise of the website is that they find straight guys and then, you know, they fucking deserve it. So we're going to make them do gay things, but they're not really doing that. They're, everything's consensual, but they just do the hottest gay BDSM. And so rarely do I see, um, you know, like femdom porn that I like. Um, sometimes I do, and that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the time, it's not geared towards what I want to see. Most fandom porn is... It's, it's geared towards 
you know, you guys. <laughs> well, well, not not me in particular. Not you I don't like but... most fandom porn either because most of the women look like they're not enjoying themselves. Right? Exactly. I'm like, why aren't you having fun? I'm giggling half the time I'm doing something, mm-hmm. or I look like I'm enjoying it, or or I hope you know the things that they're doing in those porns are never things that I like. Like they tend to take the anal and strap on play and make it very like take my cock, bitch, and that's. That's not what I do, and that doesn't appeal to me. And then there's a blogger, Bitchy Jones, who always wrote about how, you know, like, anal strap-on porn. Anal anal play with strap-ons in femdom porn is, like, our version of the cum shot. Like, it's in all of them now, because it's almost expected. But it's never anything interesting or anything that I like. And I'm very, you know, I like to, I like to watch porn that I enjoy. And, you know, the sites that I post about are ones that have stuff that I like. Which is usually... People doing awful, awful things to boys. Except since they're gay sites, there's a lot more pee. <laughs> I, I haven't figured that out yet, but there's a lot of pee in gay porn. Oh, I, I don't know what, what to say about that. <laughs> so has, has this translated into your personal life as well? Do you have a lot of uh, personal experiences with a lot of dude-on-dude action? Not as much as I'd like. Um... <laughs> Um, I get to see my boyfriend make out with boys sometimes. That's mm-hmm. nice. When we were at camp, he made out with some very pretty boys for me. Uh, and not just for me. I mean, he liked them, enjoyed it too. Mm-hmm. And and um, that's nice. And when it comes to... You know, I did get to Eiffel Tower somebody once. Okay, what is... You don't know what an Eiffel Tower is? That's when like one person's getting... like You got a person on their hands and knees. And they're getting fucked from behind. Whatever orifice. Okay. And you're, they're sucking your dick. And then you and the person fucking them high five over their back, and it looks like the Eiffel Tower. Sure. So I was getting my dick sucked while a friend of mine was fucking uh, this guy in the ass, and um, that was fun. I wonder how so, Mr. Eiffel's family feels about this. They though. probably don't like probably it. Probably don't. But, but whoever, uh, Cleve- uh, not Cleveland Steamer, you know, whoever Sanchez is is probably not happy about the dirty true. Sanchez. Right. Anybody named Sanchez probably hates that. So I get to, ha- I've had, I get to watch a lot of guys play. Um, which sometimes I like more because I don't necessarily want to get involved. I want to watch it and then go home and whack off. Mm-hmm. And then when I play with, if I play with two guys, I want it to be about me. Mm-hmm. Like I have this huge double penetration fantasy. Fantasy, but have you? Not with two dudes yet. I, I know a lot of women who have this fantasy. Well, it's fun, and it's and I when I say double penetration, I mean one in the vag and one in the butt because I'm not trying to put two in either orifice because that's ridiculous for me. Says the woman who double fists people. I haven't actually double fisted anybody yet. I've gotten pretty close. And that's different. That's not my ass. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that's what it comes down to. If it's not me, like, I've actually hit myself with toys that I've, I've um, you know, that I beat Anon with. And I'm like, ow, that hurts. And he's like, I know. And I'm like, but it's not me. Have you, and this is, might be too personal, but have you done the faux double penetration scene where you have something... We did just this weekend, actually. And how, was that as good as you imagined a, a real DP would be? <laughs> if it had lasted for more than 15 seconds, I'm sure it would have been. Why didn't it last? Do you, again, you don't have to. And, and <laughs> oh, no, I'm fine. It's going to embarrass him. All right. <laughs> um, uh, we, were, we were fucking, and I gave him the dildo. This I have a smaller dildo, because I don't think I could take a huge cock in my ass while I've got one in my badge. And um, he put it in, and apparently, for him, the sensation was very, very strong, because, you know, when you have something in your butt, it kind of narrows, you know, tightens up your vag area. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know why I'm getting so untechnical all of a sudden. And um, it was, it was basically, I was really, really tight. And he, you know, wound up coming. And he was like, oh, did you come? And I was like, probably if I had more than 15 seconds. And he was like, oh, yeah. Well, you know, a wise man once said, 15 seconds in heaven is better than It was pretty fucking good. Heaven. Yes, it was pretty fucking good. And then we played around with that some more afterwards. Um, I have learned, I hadn't tried them for the longest time, but female condoms make for great butt sex. Really? Yeah, you take the ring out, because there's a ring on the inside. You take that out, you put them in your butt. And then, you like, put the ring in your butt? No. You put the, just the rest of the condom without the ring in your butt. Yeah, the, well, when you get a female condom, there's, there's, um, it's like a bag. So there's a big ring on the outside that hangs out outside your butt, uh. or your vag, whatever you're using it in. And there's a ring on the inside that you use to put it in your vagina. It's similar to a Nuva ring. But then when you're going to use it in your butt, you just take that out and you kind of poke it in. But when you, um, you could do it with a regular male condom too, but there's always that worry that it'll get kind of sucked in. But we like used a little vibrating bullet and you put it in and then you've got the female condoms. You can just pull it out and put a dick in and then take it out. But you got to be careful that you don't poke someone in the taint. We keep having anal sex in the dark for some reason. And he keeps missing my asshole and hitting my taint. And you can't fuck somebody's taint. Well, you can try. You can try, but it's not comfortable. Yeah. Especially when it's, when it's my taint. Wasn't, but um, yes, I've done some DP, and I've had you know people do things without penises, but with you know hands or whatever what toys. Is, what, so, what is the appeal of the DP? Um, it's very intense feeling. Like I've done it myself with dildos, and um, and I'll relate a funny experience about that in a minute. Um, it's a very much a feeling of fullness. It's kind of hitting everything, and I think the reason it appealed to me at first was because it was very dirty and taboo. You know, something I didn't see in porn at first, and mm. then I saw it, and I was like, oh, that's kind of fucked up and dirty. Because basically, if I think something's fucked up and dirty, I'm kind of interested in it, and then mm-hmm. I try it, and I go, yeah, it was fucked up and dirty, but it's also awesome! So, I kind of started seeing it and going, I'll give it a try, and then, you, oh, you, well, you know, and then you kind of make the connection that, well, one thing in my ass feels good, and one thing in my badge feels good. So, if I combine that together, and pull out a vibrator, and then get on a unicycle... You know, sometimes sex can get complicated. I do actually have normal vanilla sex sometimes, sure. too. Kind of. As vanilla as sex can be when you've got a leash around someone's testicles. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> but um, funny story about double penetration when I had a cold. Oh, um, You know, I think... Okay, go ahead. It's not going to be messy. Okay. Don't worry. No, I was... Um, I had a cold. Like, you know, just like I was sneezing and coughing a lot, but I wasn't really sick. I was just... And I was home and I was bored and I was like, I'm going to masturbate. So, you know, I put something in my butt, and I, uh, you know, this little little dildo and something in my badge, and I'm doing my thing, watching my porn, because I don't really fantasize when I get off. I'm like, porn, I need to focus. Mm-hmm. So they do the stuff, and then I can use my mind for this. And, um, and halfway through, I coughed. No, I sneezed, and everything came flying out. Everything came flying out? Yes, the both toys fell and hit the wall behind my computer. As a friend of mine once said, you could hit a doorknob at 50 paces? Yes. Wow. Yes, it was very... It was funny, because I didn't expect it to happen. You don't really expect that to happen, but when you think about it, those muscles do contract when you cough or sneeze. Of course. Um, They went shooting out, and I was like, ow, I think I just bruised my vagina. (laughs) Um, Thankfully, it happened after I had an orgasm, so I wasn't too pissed. That's good. 
And so. your taint was, was fine. No, yeah, my taint yeah. was fine. No one was trying to fuck my taint. Of course, if someone wants to see that video, it's on your website. Or, or heartfulofblack.com, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, there's also blog.wendyblackheart.com, but there's no sex there. Oh, that's good. That's just, look at my crafts, and hey, there's snow, and things that happened. And... That's right. I completely forgot you've got the other one. Yeah, I, it's mostly, like I said, for things that are unrelated to sex, so that I can have somewhere to put them, and some people are interested, apparently. I, I think I'm a little oversaturated, because I'm on Twitter, and FetLife, and I have a blog, and I have another blog, and I have a Tumblr, and I have a live journal. Wow, you have a Tumblr, too. You're everywhere. You never saw my Tumblr? I think, I'm not sure if I have seen your Tumblr. I'm kind of offended. Oh, it says the one who hasn't heard my podcast. Um, <laughs> no, like, what are you going to look at on my Tumblr? Well, you might actually like it, because I always post pictures of, like, like bondage dudes and, like, hot I, stuff. See, so, and uh, I'm different. I don't, I don't like seeing guys in bondage. I'm, I, I like seeing women in bondage and imagining myself as myself in bondage. That's interesting, because, um... Because I... I've seen people who've written about that, because that... Was, it, that's easier to find too. Yeah, it is much easier. It's much easier. So to I find. like seeing I like photos of women in bondage because women are attractive to me, and if I see like a really hot, sexy position, then I imagine myself in that position. See, I guess I do the same thing with gay BDSM porn because I'm seeing what's attractive to me, which is two men mm-hmm. doing their thing, and then I'm going, "Oh, that's a good idea," and then I can just place myself in with the man, or just you know, I can be a bit of a voyeur. So I don't even have to insert myself into it. I just go, oh, that's hot. And, you know, stand in the corner and jerk off. Well, Like that creepy guy at Paddles. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure... You could edit that part out. I, I'm, I'm sure... No, it's <laughs> absolutely like the creepy guy at Paddles. Um, I'm sure I, I, I uh, speak for everyone listening that I hope you get your DP soon. And your Thank taint, you. And your Thank you. And my taint un- remains un- unfucked. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much for doing this. I really Thank you for it. having me. Oh my god, this is going to be interesting to have to listen to myself talk about my own taint. Thank you to Wendy. Again, you can find Wendy's uh, website by going to massacast.com and uh, find the heart full of black. There, you, You'll have it right there. So I strongly suggest you check out her website. Uh, we'll see you in another couple weeks. Thank you for listening. Have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs>